Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I'm here today with the very talented James Morsini. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm <laughs> welcome just to the noticing studio. this. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. It's like someone's shooting you with money, mm-hmm. but well, it's not fun. I mean, it is fun. It's not like they're, it's not lethal money. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we're making business moves, money moves, dating right. moves on right. this podcast. So, you know, it's a little on I theme. wish that's how I was paid. <laughs> Someone just, someone's like, all right, you made your money. That would be epic. Yeah, they came to your house and they're like, all right. And they're like, here's your check for the month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was going to explain your title, but I feel like you do like 80 million different things. So do you want to explain what the heck you you do? Because you you do so many different things. I guess I consider myself a a filmmaker. Uh Uh-huh. I would. I was gonna say I consider myself a storyteller, but there's something about that that makes me kind of cringe. No, you really are though. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I make movies and I act, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. And where are you from? Like, give me the little brief elevator pitch. Like, where are you from? How did you get to where you are in like yeah. two minutes? Okay, two minutes. Yeah, All right. or I'll give you five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I went to USC for theater and film. Okay. Uh, undergrad? Undergrad, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I grew up making, like always making movies and um, shorts with friends and stuff. Mm. Went to USC, did a lot of theater, continued making a lot of shorts. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated USC, I continued making stuff. I made like a web series uh, that was like a catalog of awkward moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, each episode was like a different super awkward moment. Oh, that's that great for like a digital series. It was fun. Uh, and then after that, I made my first movie, Three Something. Mm-hmm. And then most recently, I made I Love My Dad. That's That's been my creative trajectory. Got in, it. In about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so growing up in Boston, did you like, were you a theater kid or did you, how'd you get into it? Or how did no. you know you liked or you yeah, wanted to some, make movies? Uh, my uncle was the actor Christopher Reeve. Oh, wow. He played Superman. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. So I was kind of, I just like looked up to him a lot growing up. Uh-huh. And then I was always just making like dumb jackass kind of videos like i was a big fan of cky Mm -hmm. growing up uh which is like pre jackass um and so i would i was making a lot of those kind of videos like Mm -hmm. i would when there'd be fights at my high school i would always film film them (laughs) or if i was sometimes i had would be in a fight and oh wow like they were planned but we would film them and, and then i would like edit them together you're like staging fights for the content yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I was, you know, I was like in video. Cl- I, I never really did theater growing up, though. Mm-hmm. Did you do theater? Um, Not really. I was more of like, I grew up in a sports family. So that's huh. why I'm always very impressed with like people in the arts because I'm like, I, I feel like I didn't have that natural integration into yeah. that. Whereas like my parents were like, Play basketball or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, like, play I tennis. wrestled, I boxed, and then I and then I was making these videos. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated high school, I started doing theater. Okay. Uh, the first play I ever did was a play with Peter Dinklage, actually. Oh wow! It's called Knickerbocker. In, oh, wow! Uh, in Western Massachusetts at a theater festival. Uh, it was a re- I had a really small part in it, but it, like being around all those mm-hmm. f- folks really, uh, I, I started to really enjoy it and I mean the cool thing about theater is you're spending so much time on the same story uh and so you, you really uh I don't know I I, I prefer it acting wise mm-hmm. uh but you know it there's fewer opportunities to do it out here got it yeah I know I feel like once you're here things just like fall into place or opportunities come you wouldn't really imagine yeah um but did you think USC was worth it worth it in what sense like, do you feel like you could be where you are oh, now? Uh, I think I probably would be. Okay. Yeah, but I think it was also really, I learned a ton. I mean, just being in that environment where you're spending, I was spending four years just like really geeking out on mm-hmm. film. and It's a very lucrative program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, and, there, you know, they'd have screening series. I would go to all of the movies that they'd show and they'd have people come in and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like I was learning a ton about just how to make movies throughout mm-hmm. my time there. And then I was also doing many of the plays and, uh, you know, I met, I met some of my best friends there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I made a movie before I love my dad that I, I worked on with someone I met there and, um, 
the first big acting job I got was from someone that I met at USC. Oh wow! For a Comedy Central pilot, mm-hmm. uh, who he had direct we had directed he had directed a movie in uh, when he was at USC, and then that got turned into a pilot, and we did that for Comedy Central right out of the gate. Got it. I was gonna ask, did you have anyone from your days at USC that you had help you with? I love my dad. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I feel like sometimes that's common. Yeah. No, I didn't, I don't, I don't really have any collaborators now Mm -hmm. that, that I went to school with. But Uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was useful. It was like, I mean, just also, you know, I was learning about a lot of other things besides film, Mm -hmm. uh, just exploring my other interests. And I I think it was useful for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you feel like was the biggest takeaway from going like through that program because it's I feel like it's so lucrative it's so expensive and it's it's like kind of on a pedestal in my head like going to USC for film yeah so yeah so I was going there for theater and then I was taking a lot of film classes I I think the biggest takeaway was probably I mean just going to all those screenings really I was going to like you know it became almost like a practice of showing up to the theater Mm mm-hmm and then just like really zeroing in on, on mo- like I be I started to just get more and more used to doing that as a practice, and I it's one I still do like going to the movies is something that mm-hmm. is still really important to me. Like last night I went to see Jaws in 3D at the Academy Museum, and it was oh wow. I mean it's for it's kind of my, <laughs> it's the closest thing to a religion I think I. I'll ever it's have. like going to the gym almost totally. <laughs> like practice it is wait why why is that so important to you going to a movie uh the idea of just concentrating on one story without looking at my phone mm-hmm. and really like letting myself sink into it uh it's a great question why is it so important I think just the like the level of concentration or uh, to to the story that you're able to achieve when that's the only thing you're focused on, mm-hmm. and that you're you're watching it with all these other people, um, and experiencing the story with all these other people, um, I think it just like permeates in a deeper way than mm-hmm. when you're watching it on streaming and you're at your house and you're checking I'm like your halfway phone on my phone yeah, yeah a, lo- a lot of the time or, or you're just distracted you have the ability to pause at any mm-hmm. time uh yeah i mean I, I had never seen jaws in a theater before but i i like i uh, it, it helped me it like helped me to re-understand why spielberg is one of the greatest um just i don't know it's such a patient movie but it's also so entertaining um yeah, I'm. I'm gonna bore your audience. No, with no, my... no. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm very impressed by this, or I'm interest interested. Um, it kind of reminds me of like because, like I said, I grew up in a sports family, so you know when athletes watch their film to yeah. like re yeah. rewatch the plays and decide you know what they should do better, or, you know to literally study it. I'm wondering, do you go into movies that you've seen before and kind of study it or like see it through a different lens? Because sometimes I'll rewatch stuff and I'll like pay attention to the editing more or like the titles or the comedic timing just because I'm like thinking, how can I be inspired by this? Like for my own content? Does yeah. that is that how you kind of watch it too? Yeah, I, I do. Uh it's funny you say that. So I, I was reading uh <laughs> I was reading this book that this Stoic philosopher Seneca wrote oh, wow. last night. It's called Letters to a Stoic. Okay. Uh, and it's 
uh, it's from like, you know, 50 AD or something. And he's in one of his letters that I was looking at last night, he's talking about, he's encouraging the person he's writing to, to read the same book, like to, to not like over, like not try to read every book, but just spend time on like some of the books you've either read before or books from like the greats and just like really dive depth as opposed to breadth. And I, I, I was thinking about that in how it relates to the way I consume uh, movies. That where, is interesting. Where I try to spend just more time with fewer movies as opposed to try to see every movie. Okay. Because you start to, yeah, you start to just see how a story is being told uh, and how deliberately it's being told. Mm. And, and when you make a movie, you're seeing it. You know, I've seen my film, I Love My Dad, probably like, you know, hundreds of times at, at this point. Uh, and you, every single decision is so uh, is so calibrated to, toward the audience's experience. And so then it helps you kind of understand how other filmmakers are making their decisions and it helps you appreciate, uh, you know, just this, the slightest decisions. Uh, when they're there, you appreciate them. And, and when they're not careful, mm. uh, you see that too. And you're like, huh, that's weird. Why did they decide to do that? Yeah, like, it's like you're breaking down everything. Totally. Wow, so interesting. Um, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now, and I feel like I'm having a lot of those realizations. I'm like, whoa, I never noticed this the first time I watched it and are whatnot. You watching House of Dragons? Yes. I'm are you? I'm really into it. <laughs> I know. I am too. I love the the actor, the girl. I know she's great. Yeah, I don't know her real name, but she's fabulous. I know. Very I'm, impressive. I'm really into it. I know. Did Did you watch Thrones? I loved it. Okay. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, HBO's slamming it, slamming it right now. They're slamming it. Yeah, they're slamming it. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. 
That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing-slash-time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I want to do a quick game. It's called Hot Seat. So Let's basically, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I'm going to ask you, you know, rapid fire questions. Okay. Hopefully, okay. it's not too hot. But. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> it's not too hot. First one is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, gosh. It's already, I mean, probably God, The Godfather. Other than that, it'd be like Apocalypse Now. The, the most, my favorite obscure movie is a movie called The Bear. It's oh, a, it's I've a French film and there's pretty much no dialogue throughout and like the main it's just about a bear and like it's all from the perspective of this bear and they <laughs> got a they got a real bear to be in the movie and it's beautiful and what? so compelling and they like you you understand what the bear is thinking the whole time and like how it's navigating the environment and it's just it's Is a, there dialogue? Uh Later on in the movie, some hunters appear and there's dialogue from the hunters. But other than that, it's like the bear and like at one point the bear eats wild mushrooms. And then so is like tripping out and parts are become animated. It's awesome. Wow. Okay. What would you say is your favorite movie? That's like a little bit embarrassing to admit, though, like another good movie. Like mine would probably be like cheaper by the dozen. Okay. (laughs) Do you know Uh, what I mean? You're like, I would say kind of my guilty pleasure. Freddie got fingered. Okay, is, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's a Tom Green movie that's like, it's just like, it, it's just all over the place, but it's kind of genius in its own way. I mean, other than that, the movie I've probably seen more than any other movie. You know how back in the day you'd order like, you'd order a movie and you'd get it for like 48 hours? Yes. And that was the only movie, like you'd just, so you'd, and it would just like play over yeah. and over. I remember one time I ordered dude where's my car uh, iconic is that ashton kutcher it is yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and sean william scott and i remember my my mom just kept like just left me in a room while she was doing her thing <laughs> and i just watched dude where's my car i think like i feel like i watched it for like a full day it's a classic yeah but like that i mean so i i feel like i've seen that movie more than any other movie i don't know if i would still dig it but um, you can did, basically can, recite it. Other than that, I'd say like Never Ending Story. Okay. I haven't seen that either. It's, I'm like, yeah, you're inspiring bri- it's me. It's a beautiful movie. Okay. I love, that. I love it. Yeah. Next one. What is your ideal character to play in a movie? I guess other than yourself. Um, My ideal character to play in. I, I, like pl- I, I like playing things that are subverting something we've seen before. Uh, So like my, the thing that I would love to play is like, a really insecure superhero or like somebody who's like really messed up and is like, I don't know. I like subverting things that already exist. Um, Like seeing the other side. Yeah. Just seeing like what's a layer to an iconic kind of character or, or uh, archetype and, and like what's right behind what's right beneath the surface. I, I think I'm, uh, excited most by that. So interesting. Okay, cool. I love that. Um, if you didn't play yourself in I Love My Dad, who would be your dream person to play you? Uh, I think Lucas Hedges is really talented. 
uh, or there's that kid, I, I forget his name, the kid from Ozark. Uh, oh, okay. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know he, the name either. He's super talented. I mean, I talked to a lot of a lot of great actors. Christopher Mintz Plas mm-hmm. uh, is would have been great. Well, I saw you in an interview or like a Q&A after yeah. your screening, you were saying that you thought about or you tried to have people play you and then you guys ultimately decided you would be best. Yeah, we just we we decided it was just more interesting to watch uh, the person on screen knowing that a version of what's happening happened to them. Yeah, I we I'd never seen that before. And so I was it's just actually insane. Yeah, I was kind of just creatively excited by that Mm -hmm. and i wanted to uh i i don't know i'm i'm always drawn to like what the riskiest creative decision is Mm going to be and and that that path just felt the most exciting to me got it okay um what subject did you thrive in school not many um (laughs) (laughs) i i mean probably english um or video, like I took video class, mm. and that was just us. It's like a media type, okay. Essentially, mm-hmm. like just, a school news. Uh, it was <laughs> more. We had that. <laughs> were you were you on that? Did you? Yeah, do that? that's awesome. <laughs> we like gave the school news. Oh wow, there's not there's usually not that much news to okay. get in school, right? I mean, yeah. what do you what would you say? You'd be like, we won the, the weather. Yeah, we right. won the pep rally right. game. Right. <laughs> Stuff Signing like off. Um, no, I uh, video. Yeah, probably video class. I would just be uh, like, you know, we'd go off and make stupid mm-hmm. little shorts and stuff. Got it. I love that. Yeah. Um, what is your phone wallpaper, and can you explain it? Yeah, uh, it's pretty geeky and embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question, though. Okay, so it's it's basically like, uh, you know, when you're a filmmaker, you're essentially freelance mm-hmm. uh so you're you don't know necessarily exactly what you're going to do every day uh-huh uh and so my phone wallpaper is basically i don't know if you can see it it's like um it's not showing up but it's it's basically a breakdown of like an like if i don't have anything going on that yeah. day what an ideal day would look like Whoa. like hour by hour which is so super, it's like a screenshot from your notes app it's like a screenshot from like i t- i broke down uh a, like an ideal day what's an ideal day for you uh here i'll, I'll tell you i mean it's like <laughs> it's like writing for 3 to 4 hours okay and then um like doing work and then like watching a movie or reading something that mm-hmm. I'm inspi- that's inspiring. What's doing work? Uh, <laughs> I guess like reaching out to if I'm like trying. Email. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like think like I like. I mean, I feel uh, best about my days when I've spent like three to four hours in a state of deep concentration on whatever I'm trying to move forward creatively and, and really spending time where I'm not distracted by anything got it when i when i so i try to preserve that time as much as i can uh but then uh, you know i need parts of my day that are reserved for like if i'm trying to produce a film or if Mm -hmm. i'm trying to uh just get something going i'll i'll i try to be deliberate about my time in that way i'm I'm not creative and analytical yeah exactly Mm -hmm. do you when you're writing for three to four hours can you like kind of explain to me what that means like are you 
following a prompt? Are you just letting your hand go? Or are you typing? Like, give yeah, me the deets. I love it. Uh, it's different depending on where I am. Okay. With each project, and and honestly, it's that's a question that I'm always having to ask myself. Mm-hmm. Like, what does the work literally look like today? Uh, what I try to do is. Uh, the beginning of committing to a project, I try to break down the workflow for mm. myself. So sometimes I'll spend a week just brainstorming or exploring a concept or, or doing just like imaginative research, mm-hmm. which looks like me sitting at the park and just thinking about where the story could go and what I'm compelled by mm. within the story. Uh, and then and then I'll spend a week or so Uh, And this varies, but like sitting in my office and uh, putting cards up on the wall and and seeing like structurally how the story is going to be best told. Uh, And once I have that, it's just like iterating and and getting more and more specific about that Mm -hmm. until I can really see uh, the whole movie in my head, almost the whole movie. I need to know like the beginning, the middle and the end uh, and a couple like turning points throughout. And once I have that, I'll, I'll go to draft and then I'll just try to give myself permission to write the worst possible version <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just, I, I write it pretty much just for myself. Okay. Um, where I'm like, I'm not worrying about making it perfect in any way. I just try to. That's really good. That's I try a good to just tactic. be, uh, that first pass, I just try to be a complete madman when I'm going through it and just like, exploring every possible corner mm. and those drafts usually end up being many many more pages than than anything else mm-hmm. i think that's when the juice comes out totally the tea yeah um okay writing directing acting acting excuse me choose one like what where are you best at um it's hard to say i i kind of see them all as the same thing in a weird way okay yeah i I, I see them as like a little bit of an arbitrary distinction. I'm probably best at, um, I don't know, I, I hard to say. It's so hard to say. I, I see them as James, the same. I see them as, I see them as the same thing. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I it's so project dependent. But I mean, what if you had to do one for the rest of your life? Uh, like only do that one? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do. I I. I I don't know. I really, okay, I, I, I don't know if I, it's like picking b- children. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, uh, it's Sophie's choice of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you a cat or dog person? I'm a cat person. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? But I like to, I don't know. I'm just, a. am just a, do you have a cat? I have two cats. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a cat person because they're less, uh, they need less for me. They're like and less I, maintenance. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. They're, I, I love how sensitive cats are Okay. and how they're like super receptive to their environment. Like I, I can spend a lot of time just like watching my cat and just like seeing what they're, how they're responding to the environment. I, I don't know. Why. I feel like this makes sense to me. Like you love telling intricate intriguing stories and i feel like that if a cat were a filmmaker that's the type of story it would tell versus a dog it would be like beginning end totally you know what i mean they're like they're like a little bit more yeah i mean they're complex yeah i mean they're hyper hyper sensitive to everything so like uh 
we might not notice something in our environment, but when you're watching a cat, you're seeing them react to the smallest, you know, the slightest subtlety in their environment. Like, <laughs> okay. you know, you hear yeah. a really far away small sound and you watch their ears turn. Like, they're so uh, hyper vigilant yeah. to their environment and what's going on. Uh, and I think when you're m- telling stories, you kind of have to be that way. I, I find myself in a mm. similar state where I'm like, I'm really trying to hone in on uh, the story I'm trying to tell and all the nuance around it. And I'm like trying to hypersensitize myself mm. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great answer. Okay. Um, where do you order food from the most? Uh, I really like sugar fish or oh, tender greens. What do you get from Tender Greens? I usually get the uh, Pacific Salmon Bowl. Love that bowl. It's very good. It's so good. (laughs) You know what, like, impresses me with that bowl is, like, the random, like, squash. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, this is, like, a fun surprise. I know. I know. And it's, like, as a little color. It's a very dynamic bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Would you say, I feel like I know the answer to this, would you say you're more creative or analytical? Oh, gosh. You know... It really depends on the day and where I'm like what stage of a process I'm in. Like when I'm uh, when I'm trying to produce a project, I'm very I'm like in a analytical. Ch- zone. I, yeah, I'm in like chess mode. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to how to actually get it done. I love that. I'm going to start saying that I'm in chess mode. Yeah. yeah. Don't bother me. Yeah, I'm like, all right, how do I make these plays to actually accomplish this goal? But yeah. then when I'm like trying to, um, and it's funny, my personality will completely shift depending on which mode I'm in. Like mm. if, I, if I'm in a creative mode, I'm like, I'm let I'm just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I can't be analytical when I'm like in my creative mode. No, same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I feel like a different person. And, but then when I'm in kind of a more strategic headspace, it's almost like I'm, I, I find my attention like narrows and I become like, uh, just a lot more literal as mm. I'm like, all right, you know, I, I become like, uh, more serious and, and less playful. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What's your favorite show to binge? Uh, I mean, I watch Sopranos over and over and over. I need to watch it. I've never I mean, it's seen the it. best show ever made. I okay. Think. I mean, I, I, it's, it's like so comforting to me. I, I don't totally know why. I mm. think, I, I don't know. I, I can, I can literally watch it from beginning to end. Oh, I've probably seen it beginning to end like three, three or four times. Okay. I, I need to it. watch it. It's the best. Um, and then last hot seat question. What is your favorite movie snack when you're at the theater? Movie snack? I mean, mm. probably probably popcorn. Yeah. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I like popcorn because you, you can never, it's like, you can, you just have to keep eating it. I don't know. That's a stupid, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like, it doesn't, you don't satiate your appetite with like you, yeah. you're, you want more until you've had too much. It's like a fun little, just, it's like the act of doing this. Totally. Like, I don't know. It's fun. And there, you're, you're also like participating in this, this like iconic activity in a way and that you're no, doing, yeah, you're doing you're the like, right thing. You're doing like <laughs> the movie. You're like, I'm eating popcorn at the movie. Like you're playing the part. Yeah. You're totally playing the mm-hmm. part. That's so true. It feels like almost illegal to be like eating anything else when you're in a theater. I know you, you're like, what? It, 
you're like, this feels weird. It feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess unless it's like candy or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. But, but. Like if you were eating a cheeseburger in a movie theater, it wouldn't make sense. Right. I mean, there's something about you're eating popcorn at the movies <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you feel like it helps you like feel more in it, I guess. Uh-huh. Unless somebody, like I can't really go see movies with my mom because mm. uh, she will eat the popcorn super loud. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll, I like, I'll have to move. Yeah. You're like, I can't yeah. listen to the chewing. Yeah. Okay. That's our, a wrap on our hot seat round. Great that job. A, that was nuts. It was a warm seat. Yeah. It was you a know? warm seat. <laughs> the one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 hard challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most is liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave liquid IV. Like the lemon lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it. And it's just so good. Like a nice cold, crisp glass of liquid IV. Oh my gosh. Mwah! Sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. (laughs) But my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I want to talk about the obvious movie you just made. I love my dad. I watched it. It's a lot better than I ever imagined, and I knew it was going to be good. It's it makes you feel all the things. I I feel like I can't even describe it well because it's like I'm laughing, but I'm so uncomfortable watching it. And yeah. that's like the one thing I feel like I've learned from 
being in LA with filmmaking, it's like you just want to make people feel something. Totally. And it makes you feel too much almost. You're like, oh my God, like I'm yeah. uncomfortable, but like this is great. Um, and now I'm laughing. So explain to the listener, the viewer, what the heck I Love My Dad is. I know it's based on a true story, um, which is bananas. Tell me about it. The movie is about an estranged father who is really worried about his son because mm. his son just tried to kill himself. And he can't get in touch with him in any way that he tries. So finally, he decides to create the profile of a pretty girl to just check in on his son. He's, he's not going to do anything. But then the son falls in love with this profile <laughs> and the dad has to keep it going because he's able to help his son through this profile. And he's also worried that if he stops talking to his son, his son's going to go down a dark path. Mm. Um, yeah, the movie's based on something that happened to me where uh, I uh, I got in a big fight with my dad. When I was probably 16 or so at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I blocked him on social media. I got home one day. This really pretty girl had sent me a friend request online. You're like, hell yeah, best day ever. I was super psyched. And then it turned out to be my dad. Wow. And my dad had created this as a way of just making sure I was okay because I was, I was in a rocky spot. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie about somebody who's doing absolutely the wrong thing, mm -hmm. but for the right reasons. Um, and I, it's fun. I wanted to create an experience where we're we as the audience kind of are the catfisher and we understand why he's doing this and we're kind of behind it. And at the same time, we're also the person being catfished because the girl that my character Franklin is talking to, Claudia Saluski, who plays Becca, is appearing in person for Franklin. And so uh, we are kind of sometimes forgetting as the audience that that girl Franklin is talking to is actually his dad. Mm. Um, and so that we're, I wanted to kind of create that push and pull experience of, of being both catfisher and catfish throughout the film. I felt the push and pull. It was, <laughs> it was bananas. Like I was audibly gasping when I was watching and my brother would like peek around the corner and be like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, what happened? And then he, you know, the classic dad or like brother thing when they come in front of the TV and put their hands on their hips because they can't leave. They're like, oh, I'm kind of into yeah, this. Totally. That's what was happening. Like, oh, it's like, awesome. I'm not going to sit down, but I'm not going to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. dad hand on the hip. Yeah. It's like when I'm watching The Bachelor, it's like they can't leave. Well, yeah. it's also like this for I love my dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Question for you. When this happened to you in real life. When did you decide that you were going to make this into a movie? Like, did you always have this story in the back of your head? Like, this would be a great film? So I've always loved comedy. I've always loved movies. Mm -hmm. And I've always been attracted to weird stories. So the mo I, I remember really clearly the moment I realized that my dad had created this account. And I was very upset. And I could, I, I remember the feeling in my face, this like, burning of, of embarrassment and mm -hmm. anger. But in the back of all that, I remember really clearly having the thought, this almost disappointing thought where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to convey this story to anyone. Like, cause me just telling people about it is not going to do it justice. Uh -huh. Like 
I was blown away by my dad's audacity in creating this account. And I was like, I, I kind of understood why he did it. And I was like, gosh, that's, this is just, this is just such a great like bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I won't, there's no, I don't know how I'll ever tell anybody about it. So then years and years later, you know, 15 years later, whatever, um, I was walking uh, in New York City with my dad and he, I had kind of forgotten about this. I had never told anybody about it um, other than my a therapist at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, naturally. Um, and I was walking with my dad and he reminded me of it. And uh, I was looking for my next story and it just kind of struck me as that th this could be the one. And then when I realized the device of people appearing in reality in the story, that's when I knew I wanted to make this movie. What do you mean appearing in reality? Uh, like in the store, in the movie, we see the, we were personifying the text messages. Yes. I thought it was genius. Thank you. As uh, like, you know, the person that is messaging Franklin is his dad, but he's seeing the girl that the profile is represented uh, the, in real the, life. In real life, yeah, like she's, she's there. She's appearing to him. Uh, and when I realized that that's how I wanted to execute the film, I I knew that I wanted to really make it because prior I was like, ah, I can't have audiences just looking at phone screens yeah. for an hour and a half. Uh, so that's kind of when it clicked into place for me that mm -hmm. I was that that's how I was going to make this film. And was it on actual Facebook that the account was happening in in reality yeah 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 okay yeah. wow this is like i mean it's it's one of those stories where you're like i can't make this shit up i know and you literally can't <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy um okay so what was your i guess first step you have this crazy idea yeah. you're like this happened to me how the heck do you execute something like this like as a filmmaker so whenever i'm struck by uh a surge of enthusiasm, I'll start putting everything I can possibly think into my notes in my phone. And I'll just start, like I'll, I'll try to clear my brain so that none of it is existing in my head anymore. I'll try to just get as much of uh, my creative- Love. Yeah, I'll just get it out into my phone and it kind of clears the slate for uh, new things to emerge mm -hmm. and it'll kind of accrete around what's already down uh, if that makes sense mm -hmm. like it'll help me I'll just get I'll just purge creatively all of my everything that's on my brain into my phone and then slowly structure will begin to emerge mm -hmm. where I'll be like okay well what's the beginning I'll be like oh that's how that's where we start the story mm -hmm. and I'll start to understand like the perspective of the story. Um, and it's really like I try to get out of the way uh, of the process as much as I can. And just, oh, wow. Like, and, That's an interesting and, way to put it. Yeah. And just like let and I, I'll try not to man overly manipulate it and I'll just try to like follow the fun of mm -hmm. whatever it is. At a certain point that withers and you start having to think about it in a more uh, – you know, once you've spent months and months with the story, you're not necessarily burning with the same degree of passion that you were when you first had an idea. 
and you're having to think about it more like, okay, well, what makes the most sense? But Mm -hmm. in that beginning, I feel like I once had it described to me, uh, like you get that initial flash of inspiration is like a camera flash of a room Mm -hmm. and you have to write down as much of that room as you can remember in that moment because you start to it starts to fade and you start to lose the detail of that room. Mm-hmm. And so I I when I'm first struck by an idea, I feel like I it's uh there's an urgency to it because it's slowly that feeling of excitement is slowly fading mm-hmm. the longer and longer I wait. That's so true. Yeah. And then when you're writing in your notes, is it like what does the note look like? Is it bullet points? I'm like a big bullet point writer, or is it all over the place? Is it words? Is it sentences? Is it paragraphs? It's pretty all over the place. Uh, some of it is uh, some are sentences, some are bullet points, some are directives to myself. Uh, go watch, rewatch this, read this. Uh, I'm like. Sometimes I'll get insight into how I need to, uh, how I am going to need to tell the story, what I'm going to need to tell the story. Like a to-do list kind uh, of? A to-do list. So that's sometimes in there. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it is like uh, just bullet points, structurally fun ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like, I'll try to make it as clear to myself, like what I'm thinking. And I'll just kind of be rambling um as much as i can mm-hmm. so that it's clear to me once i read it again that uh i i know what the point of uh what i'm trying to say is yeah yeah and then you after that point is that when you like the next big step is writing the script the next big step uh i think is to do that as to do that for as long as i can i i kind of look at it like a creative pregnancy Okay. Uh, no, it makes sense. I, I think about it in that in those terms, and if you move too quickly to try to give birth to it, like it comes out premature. So I try to cook. You know, I try to, I try to stay Be pregnant, pregnant yeah. for as long as I can. You know, but there is a it's a Goldilocks zone where if you don't get it out of your system fast enough, like it it kind of. Uh, this here's where the pregnancy metaphor gets kind of set, but it it dies. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it, you just lose you lose the. Um, it just starts feeling stale. An mm-hmm. oven is maybe a more uh, yeah. You know you, we're baking bread. Yeah, we're now. baking bread. Yeah. Like it could if you don't want it undercooked and you don't want to burn it, mm. and so you have to really. Uh, I I have to like be really aware of where I am at each stage in the process and like. I want it to feel fun and like uh, fluid at each stage. Mm-hmm. And anytime I start to feel like, ah, this is getting, this is, this is starting to not feel fun. I know I'm, I've either stayed in a part of the process wow, for too okay. long or, uh, you know, and sometimes you do need to just break through, but that's always a like an, that's always like the canary in the coal mine creatively is my level of fun mm-hmm. that I'm having. And if it, if that starts to wane, I start to, get a little bit suspicious that I'm I'm maybe not uh, at the stage in the process that I that would be ideal Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone has like pretty good ideas and they want to do all these things but it's very rare when someone executes their great idea Mm -hmm. and I feel like you've done that so well like what would you say is the hardest 
part or the most challenging part about actually bringing this film to fruition or executing it? I think what makes it easier for me is that I really don't like the alternative of not doing it. And I'm really afraid of the alternative of not doing it. Like the alternative of me not making my films would be just auditioning as an actor and hoping that I get a great part, which feels like playing some weird lottery with your life that it kind I, of is. Yeah. That I don't feel super comfortable doing. Um, and I want to, I want to be able to like build these things from the ground up. Uh, your question was, how do you, what's the hardest part about executing like from idea to being on the I th- big screen? I think it's rewriting. Uh, cause, cause once, cause rewriting is a weird rewriting is tough because you're having to remain creative while also being analytical Uh and you don't want to mess up what's already there and but you and you want it to be additive and it's really easy to met it is really easy to to mess up what's already working and overthink things Mm. like that first draft is the one of the easiest parts for me because you're just kind of like let's uh snow plow forward through the whole story being okay with things being wonky, having things in there that are placeholders, but just getting the shape of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, I, I have a script now where I've, you know, I've been working on for over a year and it's like, I'm in a rewrite part of the process where I'm like, I don't know, this part feels wonky, that part like, oh, but if I change this, then it changes this entire storyline. And, but I've already spent so much time. It starts to all feel way too precious Mm. and you need uh, you kind of need to like uh somehow let it go and let it be what it is now as opposed to what it was when you first created it and and like it's almost like trying to rediscover uh like the spark in a relationship or something with the rewrite where you're like okay how can i meet this uh story with fresh eyes with as how i am now Mm -hmm. and, and it's That's, like you're taking, I picture like a washcloth and you're like wringing it totally. out again, wringing it out again. It's it's hard. That's how it feels. Uh-huh. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your character because you play yourself and the character's name is Franklin. What are the actual differences between the character version of you, Franklin, and actually you when this was happening? Yeah, I think they're quite different. I, I kind of imagine Franklin... Uh, I don't. I don't know if I saw him as myself necessarily. Uh-huh. I mean, he's a lot older than I was when uh, when I had this happen to me. I, I see Franklin being in his mid twenties. He's like still at home. Like he's he's a lot he's a lot more messed up than I I think I was at that stage of my like. He just is, is terrified uh, by moving forward with his life, and so still living at his mom's house and is so embarrassed that he's still mm-hmm. living at his mom's house. And he's, uh, he's deluding himself with these grand ambitions of being a video game coder. And so is is very, uh, and it, and knows he's kind of full of shit. Uh, and, and so he's, he's humiliated and he's very shut down to the world. And he's, uh, so vigilant about, uh, anyone lying to him or deceiving him or letting him down. So he's, but he's so hungry for any kind of connection. Uh, and he, he wants so badly to, to find, to, to connect with someone. 
which leaves him especially vulnerable to his dad creating <laughs> this account. Um, but in terms of playing Franklin, I mean, I, I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire life. Uh, and I've, I've, I've developed tools to navigate my own mental health. Mm -hmm. Franklin doesn't have those tools. So I've just, I just kind of would lean into pre tool like, yeah. And I would just go like, I would just try to engage those thought patterns of being like hyper judgmental, very vigilant of what's happening around me. Mm -hmm. I think anytime we feel ourselves being judgmental, it's because we're scared and we're trying to get control of what's going on around us and, and have a position as opposed to when we feel secure. I think we're more flexible and more like, oh, I don't know what that person's like. Mm -hmm. uh, but Franklin is very locked into his perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I mean, I, I essentially reflected upon, uh, I, I tried to like amplify my like anxiety. Enhance. Yeah, yeah, I was like, all right, this is, this is me when I'm so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Channeling my most depressed, anxious yeah, self. That's right. And yeah. it, it was hard, honestly, to go from that place to 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 really try to put myself in that headspace and not just be pretend like pretending that I'm in that headspace. Um, and then to go to supportive director mode. Um, I, I had some emotional whiplash mm -hmm. through that process. Oh, I'm sure. Like really trying to embody that and then being like, okay, all right. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Let's try to. Da, da, da. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, the way you're describing channeling a character is so fascinating and impressive to me because I've never like acted in anything. Hmm. Um, and I, it always impresses me when actors can really like get into a character that's just like so not them. Mm. Um, I know you played yourself, but I just want you to explain like how, like the art of acting, like how do you actually channel someone? Is it, does it require like a shit ton of studying of that type of person? Are you like, what are you telling yourself when you're like trying to channel someone that's completely not you? Yeah, it's a really cool question. I mean, I, I think it comes down first to spending a lot of time with the material. And then it, for I mean, everybody does it differently. For me, I will sit and just imagine, uh, I had a teacher say like, wish, worry, and wonder. And that's essentially what you'll, I try to do from the perspective of that, per, the person I am in the story. Like what their wish is, what their worry is. Yeah, like I'll be like, uh, as Franklin, it's like, gosh, I hope this girl likes me and I hope that, you know, I hope I don't freak her out. And what if I try to do this? And what if I, maybe I should wait before I contact her again. And I'll, I'll think about it. I'll try to get as many of those actual thoughts to trigger as possible. And then I'll want, I'll wish and I'll go, oh God, it's going to be so great to meet up with her. You know, I wonder what she's like in person. What if she's different than how she is? Is there any chance that she's not who she says she is? Maybe I should ask her to video chat, but I don't want to freak her out. So is there a way I can do it that's not going to alarm her? And I'll, I'll ask all of those things to myself. And then I'll also just, you know, try to wonder. And I'll, I'll, I'll be deliberate with the time I'm spending with this process where I'll, I'll set, time, you know, an hour and a half, two hours aside where I'm not paying attention to anything. And I'm literally, uh, it's like structured daydreaming. Yeah. It's so bizarre. 
Yeah, it's it, you're you're. I'm really trying to uh, develop as much of a relationship to the the elements of the story as I possibly can, so that it, uh, I really have a strong perspective about the story. I'm, it, it's like uh, it's like extreme the extreme sport of like playing pretend daydreaming yeah yeah. yeah, i mean you're essentially playing cops and robbers yeah (laughs) you're playing house as an adult and you're trying to make it as real for yourself as you possibly can Mm -hmm. uh and you know ideally i don't know i had a teacher say uh words uh worlds not words and this idea that instead of just saying lines you're connecting to the the meaning of all these things less so than you are just saying the line as written. So ideally, uh, when it's going well, you're, you really feel, uh, like you're trying to express something and that you're not having to play pretend. You're, yeah. You're, you actually feel these this things. is how you would actually play in that world. Yeah. And you feel, you feel, uh, authentically compelled to express whatever you're expressing. And mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, it's, it's, odd being an actor there are people you know there are people watching you Mm -hmm. and you know that they're trying to understand the story from whatever however you're behaving and it's easy to get self-conscious and the only time that you're not going to feel self-conscious is if you're so focused on another thing Mm. and so a lot of the work is just how do you how do you make something more important to yourself than the idea of being liked by the people watching you or trying to show them how great you are as an actor. How can you start, how can you almost get so distracted? It's like when you're a little kid and you're, you're playing when you were so into what you were doing. And if your parent was watching you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice, you know, you're trying to kind of get into that headspace of, of letting something completely capture your attention. Wow. That is very impressive. I, it's always, I, I guess when someone's playing someone that I'm just like, I can't even, can't even relate to that. Like I'm sure at one point they couldn't either. So it's always impressive to me. I'm like, how do you get to that point? Um, so yeah, very cool. Um, speaking of acting, I wanna talk a little bit about your actors in your movie. Mm. Um, how the heck did you go about casting? Specifically, I have to talk about my girl, Claudia. Um, how did you decide on Claudia and the, the rest of your cast? It's funny because my so Claudia Saluski plays Becca, mm-hmm. my character's imaginary girlfriend in the movie, and it's so she, good. She, it's incredible because she's really playing multiple people in the story. You know, she's mm-hmm. playing Franklin's imagined person. She's playing the real Becca. That's just totally different than how Franklin's imagining. And then, in a way, she's also playing Franklin's dad. Uh, and she's changing and having to navigate all of that through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first met Claudia, I was uh, I didn't know a ton about her, uh, but she just had had clearly invested so much energy into preparing the material. She had such a specific take, and she was also so collaborative and thoughtful mm-hmm. about the story, and really got the joke. and And I could tell she had. A, a genuine enthusiasm for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, it felt kind of like, uh, you know, I, I we auditioned a ton of people for that role, but there, uh, she just had, 
it's very it's a very vulnerable thing to to fall in love with a story because you might not get it mm-hmm. you, it might not go your way and and but it, I could tell she had she had fallen in love with the story in a way that is really appealing for uh, a filmmaker mm-hmm. um, it's also funny my dad's name in real life is Claudio no way which is pretty weird I mean there Claudia and Claudio are already kind of uh, that's crazy names, yeah so, um, I feel like I don't know that many Claudias no wow okay that's fun I know little fun fact I know. it kind of reminds me of like when someone's hiring someone in the corporate world they just want someone like ultimately that gets the company totally or, like, gets the startup oh that's interesting yeah more I, than, I, like, I thought about it you know one, what I mean then right. then just like plays the role well that's right. like anyone can like fake their resume or like do a good audition right, i mean right. i don't know i don't right. want, i don't want to speak for anyone but like someone that just gets you totally. it, or like gets the company and sees the vision for the startup to me is like who you want yeah on board totally i mean you're building a team yeah um and you're making a company like are. a little mini company. company yeah, yeah. um okay so she was like essentially your fake love interest mm-hmm. on the movie i want to talk a little bit about this is like my naive like normal person self asking like what's it like having to kiss someone that's like in a committed relationship like how does that go about when you're like an actor in real life like are you uh, tell is that awkward like what's it like filming kissing and or sex scenes um i feel like i just i just don't know like i'm like yeah i mean it is it uh, super awkward on set i don't think it's awkward no i mean you, everybody is a professional you're all agreeing to you're all you're playing pretend and you're mm-hmm. you've all agreed to a very specific uh way of executing the story we also hired an intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. uh, what does that even mean so though? it's somebody to basically it's a it's almost like a choreographer for these more intimate moments in a story it's a relatively new position uh but it's a really useful one so that you can eliminate all of the awkwardness and mm-hmm. make sure it was very important to me that there was someone like that on set so that everyone felt comfortable that me as the writer, director, actor who's doing all this intimacy. That and I wanted anyone that, uh, Claudia especially, to have somebody that she could confer with another collaborator so that that we could really iron this stuff out together and that everyone felt heard because it is is really delicate uh, navigating that kind of stuff. Ultimately, you're choreographing it like a dance mm-hmm. uh so there's nothing unexpected there's i mean you're you don't it's not it feels just different than real intimacy does it's mm-hmm. not it feels like you're doing a dance you know um and it's uh, like you're following the movements you're following of the, dance, the movements of the choreography yeah and you're you know uh i mean a lot of like sex scenes are the least sexy thing you'll ever do mm-hmm. uh in your life uh, uh <laughs> i mean you're because you're you're i mean per, i'm I, i'm very focused on making sure the other person feels comfortable and that you know i mean uh, you're you're not you're doing it with i mean i feel like real intimacy you're doing with like a sense of abandon whereas this is the opposite you're 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 doing it with extreme caution mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I was gonna say like, do you ever pick up some like new choreography skills from like being on set and like implement them into real life? I have, I haven't yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I always 
I feel like I would get so nervous. I don't know, with like all the cameras around. Like you forget about that when you're watching the film. Right. Like the amount of people that are on set watching. Right. right. I yeah, know. I mean, it's, uh, again, I mean, everybody is ideally a professional and everybody, you know, everybody's done it before. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of like, there. there's really specific protocol that we followed where it would be a closed set. We'd clear everyone out so that we could really create a space where we all felt more comfortable. More comfortable. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's a delicate thing. And I think because everyone is being so aware uh, of navigating uh, that situation, it it's it's less uh, it's it's less intense than, mm -hmm. than, than you'd think. Um, okay, last two questions in regards to being a filmmaker. What advice would you have to like your younger self, like an aspiring, you know, filmmaker, little James, that's at USC right now, and they're like, I don't know how I'm gonna get a job. I don't know anyone. Don't like just moved to LA or whatever. Like, what advice would you give that person in regards to like how where you are right now? Someone that's like their dream spot. So, what advice would you give to them? Uh, the filmmaker Mark Duplass did a keynote speech in 2015 at South by Southwest where the main headline was the cavalry is not coming. Uh, this idea that nobody is going to come and give you the opportunity that you're hoping they'll give you. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Wow. And you have to proceed as if it's not going to happen. I think when I was at USC, I was auditioning. I was very hopeful. Uh, I would have told myself, like you don't actually have to do that. You can like you should start writing and directing a lot more now and you you should you should keep you should really try to keep track of what you're into mm. and enthusiastic about and then be hyper uh deliberate about your time and trying to craft things connected to what you're excited about mm -hmm. and and making sure that you're creating the space in your life to to explore things that you're really inspired by and then and then just making things and uh, and failing and getting you know trying things and failing and adjusting and learning. Uh, if, it's easy to just be a film critic and to watch things and to break down what you do and don't like. And I, I think there's value there, but ultimately you have to be doing that with your own efforts so you can understand just workflow wise. Like, I mean, you're. I, I see it as like. Uh, I'm not necessarily like I, I every film I'm trying to make the best film I can, but uh, I see it again as like a practice more than I do uh, like a each thing being just standalone. Like I mm -hmm. the one big performance. Yeah, like I look at it like a practice. Like I do the thing that I think is going to be the best for this particular project, and then I reflect upon how that effort went, and then I kind of recalibrate and adjust knowing that I'm not going to be right a lot of the time, mm -hmm. but, but that a lot of, you know, throughout the process you have opportunities to adjust and, and get more honest mm -hmm. with yourself and get better. I feel like the more movies you make or the more videos or whatever it is, like you'll inevitably get better. It, it's like, it, it's almost like creative archery. In mm -hmm. a weird, like you shoot, you're like, Oh, I missed. Yeah. I'm like too high. And then you kind of adjust the bow it feels like it's like an ex more extended version of that. Wow. Okay. I love that. 
Um, okay, last question is to like go along theme with the pod. What are you doing to make moves right now? Are you are you writing something else? Can you give us a sneak peek? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have a couple movies that I'm really enthusiastic about, mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm working with a, a company to. We're gonna write a show to get. I'm, I'm gonna write a show for them. Oh wow! Uh, which I'm excited about. Congrats! That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm exciting. I'm really excited. Uh, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm acting in a movie next month, which I'm really looking forward and to. And you already filmed it and everything? No, no. It's oh, you're starting it. Yeah, yes. I, I'm going next month. Uh, That's and, so fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. And and I don't know. I mean, so it's it's a mixture of like writing and preparing for that. And um, yeah, the, those are the moves that I'm currently making. Mm -hmm. And I hope someday soon someone shoots money in my face with a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money for your game. next movie. Yeah, here's the budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, where can everyone follow you and watch the movie? I love my dad. It's so freaking good, guys. You have to watch it. Uh, I'm on Instagram as mm -hmm. James Morsini, and you can find I Love My Dad on Amazon and Apple and anywhere that you can rent or buy movies mm -hmm. online. I got mine on, or I rented mine on YouTube. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. So cool. the more you know, um, definitely go watch the movie. Follow James. I guess. You know, DM him if you like the movie. <laughs> I'm giving you unsolicited DMs <laughs> yeah, right you now. <laughs> I look forward um, to it. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. And thanks so much for coming on the oh, show. We learned so much today. This and, was so fun. Um, yeah, you were great. I'm very impressed with your creative process. Oh. So excited to see your future projects. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. All right. Bye, guys. Make someone's day this week. Peace. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.